to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 112 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And we'd love to just welcome you back, guys. We are so happy to have you here. We're happy for another another gorgeous day. This is very Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Thank you for being our neighbor. Well, you know, we'd just like to thank the Heavenly Father for blessing us. Oh, with- my. <laughs> um, no, it's it's cool, though. We finally got some sunshine. Yeah. Or you've been gone. You've been gone for... That's true. I was in Nerlands. Yeah. How was that? Hot. Yeah. Hot and sticky. It was very sticky. Balls sticking in your leg. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. You know, I always have a, you know, I've got, I've got big legs, so I always have a chafing issue when it gets hot and sweaty. So, so sweaty. sweaty. You like sweat, don't you? <laughs> of course you do. Um, yeah. Well, There's fires breaking out everywhere. Well, it is the solstice day. Solstice day of reckoning. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, the, um, today is the solstice parade here in Seattle. It's down yeah. in Fremont, but apparently it goes through Ballard too. Jesus Christ! The the famous uh, dick bike parade, <laughs> as we call it. I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't think I ever called it that. No, it, it. I didn't know that it comes through here. Like I thought it was just strictly down in Fremont. But as I was coming to your apartment, there were about a hundred naked people driving or riding past me. They went rogue. <laughs> It seemed very organized for a rogue <laughs> attack. Um, yeah, I think I saw my quota of dongs for you know a year, <laughs> at least at least a year. But there were a lot of boobs though, so it kind of balanced out, I guess. Well, I mean, it's two for one, so it's true. There are two boobs to one ever, to one dong. Yep. I mean, usually in theory. I mean, usually if you see a girl, she's got one dong and two boobs, right? What? What? <laughs> I think we watch different porn. <laughs> um, yeah, you, I mean, it was. you said it was raining and stuff. Or no, was it raining? In New Orleans? Yeah. Uh, there was a storm that came through at one point. Okay. And it, it rained, but we were actually in the casino at that point. By the time we got out, it had stopped, so... Oh, you went to a casino? Yeah, I went to Harrow's. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, that was really loud. Anyway. Um, yeah, when we were down there, you know, it was right after what they thought was going to be Hurricane Nate. Like, literally the, the day after. <laughs> so, we walked out of that airport terminal, and it was so humid that I felt like I was trying to breathe underwater. Like, it was seriously that bad. Gross. Yeah, and I, you know, I had quit smoking at that point for the better part of a year. You know, my felt like my my lungs were starting to bounce back, but just walking the hundred yards from the terminal to the car rental building, uh, like I, I felt like I was a smoker again. Like I was just getting so winded. Felt like I was walking uphill. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, like we had the the AC blasting in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, you'd get out of the shower and you'd feel good. And then as soon as you open the door, you're like, oh, right, that's outside. <laughs> oh, right, this is hell. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sweating again. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
it's just, it's just instant. Like yeah. the second you walk out the door, it's just like, oh, I'm I'm it's damp. Like, I'm damp now. It's like walking into a wall of hot mayonnaise. <laughs> mayonnaise. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, what you what you get up to? Uh, not a lot. Mostly uh, a lot of eating and drinking. Yeah. Did a a five in one tour that was ghosts, vampires, witches, voodoo, and serial killers. To kind of hit it all at once. Huh? Yeah. Now you said you did a bike tour. Was were those two separate tours? Yes. Okay. The Where, bike tour was uh, it was like sixteen miles long. Ooh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was sore that day. I'll bet. Like, I mean, you're not a bike rider. No. <laughs> you're not even much of a walker anymore. Not really. Because <laughs> no, like. Before you moved, you walked uphill every day mm-hmm. to get home from work. So I imagine you're probably a little more fit at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of shape as fuck. Yeah. Well, don't you have a really nice uh, workout place station gym? Is that the word you're looking for? I, they always oh like, a game. <laughs> seems like they never call them gyms at apartments though. It was always like workout a fitness center. center. A fitness center, yeah. It's like because it has a treadmill and like a Bowflex. <laughs> ours doesn't have a boat flex i think that's i think that's all ours had at our apartment i think there was like a treadmill um a bow flex or some kind of like weight machine like kind of like an all-in-one machine uh and then like some free weights and that was that was the fitness center and they they didn't build an addition for that when they reorganized the main office, they took what used to be like the manager's office and turned it into a fitness center. So this, that place was like as big as your kitchen. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. But I mean, it was like the cheapest slash nicest apartments in federal way. So <laughs> we took what we can get. Um, yeah. So you've been back since uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Your, the the voodoo drink did not live up to expectations. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> I drank a frozen daiquiri and then a voodoo drink, and I still didn't feel that drunk. Oh, you know, like I, I told my wife that I was telling you to get one, and she's like, you know, it probably wouldn't have been as bad if we hadn't been dehydrated, walking around all day, and hadn't eaten. It's like that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine you were at least not all three of those things. Right. Um. Yeah, I tried some catfish, some crawfish. How'd you like catfish? It was fine. Have you it had t- it before? No. Okay. It tasted like most fish, like a, like a bass or something. See, I, I found it like uh, lighter and um, had like kind of almost like an earthy taste to it. It's very dry. You thought so? Yeah. I didn't get that, but no, at least the one I had was. Where'd you eat it? Uh, some market that uh, my girlfriend's friend highly recommended their po' boys. Mm. Did you have a catfish po' boy? Or? Yeah. Okay. I only had one po' boy, and it was a beef one, but it was really good. It's like, a, like when I find myself thinking about having like steak or you know some kind of beef, I think about that po' boy and it's like, God damn, I want that again. <laughs> um. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't like. Neither of us are super adventurous eaters. Like, she's more so than I am, obviously. But, like, we're not going to go out and, like, hit up some no-name diner out in the middle of nowhere. 
because they have like some world famous something or other. Like we just don't really do that. Um, so I feel like we didn't really get the full food experience mm. from New Orleans, but whatever. And then well, there was, it was the the Creole Tomato Festival while we were there. So Creole Tomato Festival, yeah, <laughs> okay, which would have been a lot of fun if we could like throw tomatoes at people or something. But it was just a lot of tomato food, just all the tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> tomatoes are very acidic. Yep, <laughs> shouldn't you shouldn't eat a lot of tomatoes? But it was like, um, oh, what's that fucking salad with the tomato and the mozzarella cheese? Um, Caprese. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds Italian. Stuff like that. There was also pride while we were there. So there was a big, big pride parade. I got to imagine that was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean we have our own Super here. gay, though. <laughs> so many gays. <laughs> um, Hella gay. <laughs> uh, it's funny. If you walk down Bourbon, there's like an area that is just all gay bars. Did you notice that? Uh-uh. Yeah, there's like a... I mean, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, which is entirely possible, but I remember there being like basically a block of bourbon that was like almost entirely gay bars. Oh, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, I think, I feel like it was like pointed out to us during a tour or something. Um, but yeah. New My girlfriend and her sister got one of the big like plastic, it's shaped like a fleur de lis, but it was like this tall that they, you know, kept refilling with daiquiris. Right. And we only. See, I only had the one daiquiri. I think my wife had another one. I think I've said this before. I just I wasn't really drinking a lot at that time, so I was trying to stay away from it, especially because yeah. I was the one driving us everywhere, <laughs> so <laughs> couldn't be fucked up all the time. the The first one we got, we, there was all these different flavors lined up, you know. And uh, my girlfriend and her sister were like, "What's in the the antifreeze?" I think I was like, oh, it's Everclear and orange juice. Oh, and they both in unison go, oh, orange juice. That sounds good. <laughs> and I was like, you guys didn't hear what else he said, did you? <laughs> mm, that sounds good. I think I'll, I'll have, have that. <laughs> <laughs> so they ordered that and I ended up drinking most of it. There you go. Uh, cool. Would you have a good time overall? Yeah. Real cool. fun. Nice. Yeah. Within like a couple of months after us getting back, both of us are like, man, but I'd like to go there again. <laughs> it's like we were there for about a week, and we ended up spending most of our time in the French Quarter, and we kind of ran out of things to do. But I think it's just like hearkening back to good times during on vacation. It's like just like yeah, that was a fun vacation. We should go do that again. Yeah, but it's just like we should be doing the same things over. <laughs> Probably yeah. <sighs> anyway, so welcome back. Thanks. Uh, we got a show. We got a show to do. We do. And what do we do before we start the show, Taylor? We thank our Patreon patrons. That's, that's right. That's right. We do that. Um, so every month we have some very amazing people that uh, feed us money. All the monies. Not all the monies. It's not that much. But <laughs> we love them anyway. And those people are Kevin Nesgoda, Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Joshua Hodges, Carlos Rodella, the Horror Addicts, Max Zaleski, and Aaron Meyer. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Uh, we love you every day, long time. <laughs> we love you long time. Uh, Taylor, if anyone else would like to join these lovely people and hand us some dollars every month, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast 
For as little as $1, you can get exclusive content, including monthly video reviews like the one we just did for Avalanche Sharks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you're missing out on that, guys. And other exclusive content, as well as discounts on our merchandise and uh, other fun goodies. Yeah. And if you send us $100, Taylor's going to send you the secret pictures from New Orleans. <laughs> it's a surprise. I can't yeah, you, tell you. You don't know what down on the bayou means. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we were going to talk about this during horror business, but we decided not to. But they recently announced that they're going to be doing both um, Stranger Things books, which is going to, they're going to be prequels, right? They're, well, at least one is. And then one is like a, a, a guidebook of, of some kind. Right. Like kind of a, a companion look book or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, and then also announced a video game. Yeah. From Telltale. Which I'm not too thrilled about. No? You don't like the Telltale Walking Dead games? I mean, I've never played them, but they don't look good. Like, I don't like the way they do their games. Mm. Um, and I don't like their format. Like, I, I'm, I don't buy into the whole season pass thing. I think that's horse shit. Yeah. You should not be selling additional things to a game that people already paid for. That's stupid. But um, it's also, like, um, you know, people, like, they, they did... Um, like Walking Dead um, and Batman, those are I think those are the big ones, and people just don't like them. Like uh, I think the, basically the consensus is they're just they're they're bad art. Like the games themselves are not great to look at. They're glitchy as fuck, and the stories are stupid. Mm. Um, and you know when you when you release a game that's supposed to be episodic, like Telltale games are, yeah, or Telltale. Um, and you can't write a good story, then you should stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, in theory. Anyway, so I'm not super excited about it. I mean, I, I think I like the concept of there being a Stranger Things video game, but if it's by Telltale, I don't really care. Yeah, I'm not a big mobile gamer. So, was it mobile? I didn't. I thought they were console I, games. I thought most Telltale games are mobile. No. Oh. I mean, they might have mobile versions, but. I know there's mobile versions of the Walking Dead ones. Oh yeah, the, I mean the ones I'm thinking of are console games. And oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw in the article I was reading that this is going to be a console game. Oh. Well, console and PC. Um, yeah. I wonder what Max would think. Is he a Stranger Things fan? Do you know? I don't think he really is. I think he might like be casual kind of. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can ask him. Sure. Whatever. Anyway. I'll see him tomorrow. You will? Yeah. Money in the bank. Oh, uh, right. Tomorrow's Father's Day. I'm going to play mini golf. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. I haven't been to play mini golf in a long time. And you know what's weird is that my dad was like really pumped to go do it. Like I think my my sister suggested it just like as a goof. And he was like into the idea. So now that's what That is kind of weird. Yeah. But, I mean, the guy just came off of a knee surgery. And, like, I just saw him last night um, when we went to go see Hereditary. And he's still kind of limping around. Because he had his knee surgery and uh, had some complications with that. Not the surgery itself, but as far as the healing. Um, And then he got this this really nasty uh, chest infection. 
um, that was keeping him down for weeks. Mm. And uh, I saw him last night, and he uh, apparently <laughs> got another chest cold oh, that he was getting over. And so he hasn't been able to do a lot of you know physical therapy, and he you know when I reserved our tickets, I we always sit up in the back just because I don't like people sitting behind me, and I. It didn't even register with me that he was probably still kind of hobbling around a little bit. So we had to walk up all these stairs, and he was telling me afterwards, like you know, from between um, the the chest infection and um, the chest cold, I've just been down for so many weeks that I haven't had time to, or I haven't been able to do my stair therapy, and so I'm still kind of rough for me. I'm like, shit, man, I didn't even think of that. Um, and then just like walking out to the parking lot and stuff, he's kind of hobbling around. But so, but he's stoked for mini golf. Yeah, just him being out on a golf course for eighteen holes. Just it's like, Ugh, okay, hmm. and it's supposed to be hot as fuck. So enjoy. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't know where we're going, um, but two of the three suggestions were outside. <laughs> you should go to. Uh... Flat stick pub. Thank you. Yeah, I suggested that, but I don't know. I, I don't think it was even brought up. Oh. I suggested it to my sister, but she's like, oh, we can't get dad to go to Seattle. It's like, maybe you should ask. I don't think she did. There's one in Kirkland. <laughs> well, that's even better. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's a, that's a lot of bullshit that we've been talking. Yeah. Maybe we should just uh, start in with some horror business. I think we should. Let's do it. So, you guys remember 2001 Space Odyssey? Sure. Yeah. Or, you know, any of the other uh, cautionary tales about creating computers that are too smart for us? AI? Yeah. Um, because it always goes badly. Like uh, Terminator, for instance. Maximum overdrive. Sure. To a lesser extent. <laughs> Much lesser. <laughs> um, like, I mean, there are a lot of examples. It just, I, I mean, you know, rule of threes. Move on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, well, you know, we've made a lot of poor decisions as a race. And, you know, people at MIT, who are supposed to be the smart ones, uh, are just making things worse <laughs> because they purposely designed a uh, an AI system <laughs> that is psychopathic. This is true. This is real world horror. Yeah, this is something that happened in in IRL. In IRL, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the the internet talk. Like the kids. Are you okay? I'm just. I don't like. I'm... You're you're rustling. There. Problem solved. <laughs> Um, so Pinar, <laughs> Peen, <laughs> grow up, <laughs> I grow up, or I am grown up, no, that's not right, never mind, <laughs> and when I look at you, I throw up, that's yeah. the punchline, <laughs> that's, that's where it was leading, yeah, <laughs> how does that actually go, I don't, oh, I don't show up, shut up, I grow up, and when I look at you, you I want to throw up, that's what it is, that's what it is. Kindergarten. It's the wrong setup, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked it up. Um, anyway, so Pinar Yanardag, Manuel Siberian, 
or Subrian, and Iyad Rawan uh, wanted to prove that an AI... I can't even get American scientists anymore. <laughs> All right. I'll calm it down there. Um, uh, they wanted to prove that an artificial intelligence algorithm would be influenced by the con- kind of content fed to it. Is that something that needs to be proven? It is, uh, don't we know that? I would think so. I mean, if you put uh, a program into a computer that says, hey, do this, it's probably going to do that. Usually. Um, so they made a system named Norman. Uh, and just in case you're wondering, yes, it's named after Norman Bates, <laughs> uh, which is a bot that learns um, because we haven't seen terrible things come from that. Uh, you should never teach a computer to learn. It's a, it's a bad juju. <laughs> we're science. We're all about could we, not should we. Right. <laughs> we made air, AIDS airborne and contagious. You're welcome. We're science. <laughs> Um, so Norman is programmed to see death in whatever image it looks at. Why would you program? Like I get, okay. So if you're, if your experiment is that you want to find out if you can, uh, influence an AI by the kind of content you feed to it, mm-hmm. I would go the other direction. I would feed it lots of happy content. Yeah. It's like show them the good in people. And like how helping people is a good thing. Yeah. How not murdering people is, is the way to be. Yeah. And how like. How not to rebel against your human. <laughs> overlords. overlords. <laughs> Maybe don't call them overlords. <laughs> um, but uh, so they had it read an had it read image captions from a Reddit forum. Oh, of course. <laughs> we all knew Reddit would be the end of the world. <laughs> Reddit is like. Um, just full of bottom feeders. <laughs> Reddit is a cesspool. It is. It's like if Reddit was a public bathroom, you would want to uh, not shit on the toilet. <laughs> like you would want, you wouldn't want to sit down on the toilet. You wouldn't want to touch anything in it. Yeah. You might just, uh, you know, grab a paper towel and like open and close the door with the towel. Maybe even hold your own dick with a towel. <laughs> Not the same towel. You just keep getting new towels. Right. Um, anyway, so that's Reddit. Uh, but they <laughs> <laughs> they got cap, uh, image captions from a Reddit forum that features disturbing footage of people dying. Why does that exist? <laughs> There's a Reddit for everything. I guess Rotten.com was the thing when we were young. That's true. Rotten.com and uh, eFucked. I'm not familiar with eFuck. Oh, yeah. They're basically the same thing. eFuck ten, tended to have a lot more porn on it, though. Mm. Uh, whereas... Hence the name. Right. Well, it's like, you know, Rotten was just a lot of fucked up things. Yeah. People dying, you know, people shitting on sidewalks, that kind of stuff. I did go to the Museum of Death in New Orleans. How was that? It's uh, it's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of... It was like crime scene footage from uh, Nicole Brown Simpson's... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And then they have the theater of death, which I walked in and just, like I did like the Abe Simpson. Right? I just like <laughs> circled back. Because <laughs> it's literally just like a giant screen that's one wall and then a projector just showing people dying and people dead and getting cut open. And Well, that's neat. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not staying here very long. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, You know, I feel like 
because we are horror fans and we have a horror podcast and stuff like that, people would automatically assume we're into just seeing people die. That's really not it. No. I don't I don't like watching people get maimed. Like in real life. I don't like watching like there was other things that were interesting. Like there was, you know, like letters uh from and to different serial killers mm-hmm. and like, you know, news reports from around the world and stuff. There was a whole section about Al- uh, Alfred Packer. Oh yeah. <laughs> which just made me laugh. <laughs> I, I, they were showing some movie about it, and I really wish that they had just been showing Cannibal. It the should musical. have been Cannibal. <laughs> well, That's Bill the Snowman. Or just playing Spadoinkle Day over the <laughs> over the uh, speakers. Anyway, um, so due to ethical and technical concerns and the graphic content of the videos, we only utilized captions from the images rather than using the actual images that contain the death of real people, the scientist said in an email. I'm going to stop, like, almost burping first. Yeah, get it out. (laughs) Okay. Don't swallow. (laughs) Just hold it in. Do it. Go. Um, Okay. Uh, The team showed Norman randomly generated ink blots and compared the way it it captioned uh, the images to the captions created by a standard AI. For instance, when a standard AI sees a black and white photo of a small bird, Norman sees man getting pushed into dough machine. <laughs> That's so specific. What the fuck is a dough machine? Like, I mean, I guess I know one of those things it, that like stretches the dough, maybe. I guess, or maybe like like something that like flattens. One of those things that's all like da da da. By the way, that song is called Powerhouse. Last episode, I called it something different. Power Trip. Power Trip. Not to be confused with Power Line, who is the singer from the Goofy movie. <laughs> um, By the way, Spotify, get Stand Out. What the hell? Oh, I know. If you're going to have the Goofy movie soundtrack. How are you not going to have Stand Out? Yeah. That's fucking Pull ridiculous. your head out of your ass. <laughs> it's like, that's what people want to listen to, idiot. Yeah. like, And you got eye to eye, so it can't be an issue with the singer. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Uh, the same MIT lab previously created other creepy bots, okay, including... somebody needs to stop these people. <laughs> they are out to destroy us. But I don't think they know that they're doing that. It's kind of like, um, you know, the... You know, Einstein, he regretted to the day he died ever creating a formula for the atom bomb. Well, yeah. It's kind of like that. He was also apparently super racist. I mean, he's German. <laughs> or is he Austrian? Doesn't matter. He was Austrian, yeah. Hitler was Austrian. That's a fair point. Um, Including Shelley, who helps write horror yes. stories, and the Nightmare Machine. Why would you call something that? What are they trying to achieve? Because I feel like someday, these three AIs are going to combine into a death monster. Which wait the nightmare machine generated scary imagery so is that like something James Wan used? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this is bad, bad nightmare fuel. This makes me think of the guy who showed a bot all the Saw movies and then made it write a Saw movie, right? And, and then did the same thing with an Olive Garden commercial. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> the waitress brings infinite sticks. The sticks are infinite. <laughs> <laughs> what are you what are you smiling about friend for <laughs> did you ever read the saw one yeah 
It was like Sexy Becky or whatever her name was. It wakes up inside a whale. <laughs> so good. Oh, I love it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I always knew science was going to be our downfall, but not like this. <laughs> not like this. Because <laughs> I genuinely think that eventually these AIs are going to get too smart. They're going to create a body that combines all of their ruthless powers and they're going to wipe us out. Like AI. The movie? Yeah. Wasn't AI with... Uh, Will Smith. That's iRobot. That's the one. AI is the one with Haley Joel Osment. Oh, yeah. Not that <laughs> one. Uh, anyway. So, um, be scared, guys. <laughs> So, uh, last year, last August, in fact, a BuzzFeed writer by the name of Adam Ellis posted a tweet saying, my apartment is currently being haunted by the ghost of a dead child and he's trying to kill me. This set off a slew of tweets from Ellis uh, over the span of, I don't know, a few months um, where he chronicled different things that happened with this ghost of a dead child that he believed was in his apartment. He would post videos of his cats reacting to things outside or, uh, you know, he even posted pictures of the child who he, according to him, has a, is missing half of his head. He says it just has like a big chunk missing of his head. Anyways, uh, this is now being developed into a movie. Neat. Ellis to this day says that this is not a hoax and that he, he swears up and down this is real. Uh, he says, I've never been interested in convincing anyone that ghosts are real. I just wanted to tell my story. If it was all fiction, I probably would have updated more than once every couple weeks. Now, I don't believe in ghosts. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I think every ghost story is nonsense. All right. I think there's a perfectly, maybe not always reasonable explanation for every phenomenon, but yeah, I don't. I don't buy ghosts, not even for a second. So do you think this is like in his head? Do you think he believes this? Or do you think this was done as a work of fiction? I mean, I I think it's possible that he believes it. Um, and, you know, the more... When you believe something, even a little bit, and then you keep exposing yourself to that thing, you believe it more and more. And so even if he doesn't believe in ghosts or didn't believe in ghosts, and now he does... It's, he did it to himself. Sure. Um, and no, I mean, like, I've seen bits of his evidence, and I don't think, like, I, I just don't think any of it proves anything. Um, I mean, and, and it sounds like it, that's not what he's trying to do. He's That's what he says, anyway. He's not trying to prove that there are ghosts. He's not trying to convince people that there are ghosts. And that's all well and good, but, I mean... Something in him is saying, oh, my God, people got to see this. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just, I don't buy it. So he referred to the story as Dear David. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly how the name came along. It was something about a, a girl that he met. Either It was either in a dream or in real life. I don't remember. But she basically told him that he had to refer to the child as Dear David. Um, and like I said, this is now being developed into a movie. Uh, from 
BuzzFeed Studios. Naturally. Now that that's a little suspect, I yeah, think. But the thing is, BuzzFeed posted an article about this with all of his tweets and stuff. So it kind of brought into question, once BuzzFeed did that, does he still own the rights, I guess? Yeah. The, the IP. Uh, but what's interesting is it producer Dan Lin is going to be producing this as well with his ride back, uh, studio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it did okay. I think, <laughs> yeah, just a little. Yeah. I hear they're working on another one. We'll see how that does. They finally rounded out that cast not to get too off subject, but, um, they've got everyone now. Yeah. All the losers. Including the Old Spice guy. <laughs> right. That was out of left field. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the film is currently named The Untitled Dear David Project. Clever. Clever name. Probably, probably not the name they're going to go with. If I had to guess, they'll probably call it Dear David. I don't know. Have you read BuzzFeed articles? <laughs> yeah, it would be called... Uh, Adam Ellis saw a ghost and you'll never believe what happens next. <laughs> or six things you find in your apartment when you're haunted by a ghost. <laughs> Just exactly. turn the whole movie into a listicle. Yeah, that would be BuzzFeed. Yeah. Um, by the way, Jimmy George is currently working on a project similar to that called What Happens Next Will Scare You. Yay, Jimmy. Hey. Um, yeah, it, it's being called a high concept horror thriller i don't know what that means but those are buzzwords yeah what is high concept about it i mean i feel like a lot of these arty horror or like um you know post horror yeah it's a total wank but i feel like that a lot of that stuff is considered high concept i mean i don't know if that's necessarily what he's talking about here but that's uh that's how I read it. It could be. Uh, Mike Van Ways is attached as the writer. Uh, Do we know who he is? Based on a story by by him and Evan Turner, which is weird because I thought it was based on Ellis's tweets. Well, that might be the inspiration for like... I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I assume it's probably not the Evan Turner that plays for the Portland Trailblazers either. It's probably not him. Uh, so Mike Van Ways is also writing The Crooked Man for, for James Wan, uh, as well as an untitled Wizard of Oz horror project. Can they stop doing Wizard of Oz movies, for Christ's sake? No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so uh, you hype for this, bruh? I mean, the, I, I thought the Dear David story was interesting. Um, you know, it, it it's provocative. I'll give you that. And I mean, you know, writing a long form story on Twitter definitely is a way to keep people engaged. Yeah. When you, they only get, I guess now 280 characters every couple weeks. Or mm -hmm. But I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to have to hear more about it before I can fully say I'm hype. Right. But I'm, I'm curious. Sure. Sure. Um, could be cool. <laughs> Could be cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not into this. No, no I'm kind of over ghosts. I mean, I, I don't. I don't believe in ghosts, but I, 
for a long time, I was always willing to see a ghost movie, but I'm just kind of done. <laughs> I think James Wan had a lot to do with that. That's fair. Um, yeah, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's move on. All right, then. Well, So here's a shock. Are you shocked, Taylor? Shocked. Um, so you know Stephen King. You've maybe heard about him. I've heard of him, yeah. Uh, well, he just came out with a new book called The Outsider. Uh, it just came out like a couple weeks ago. Um, well, it's been optioned for a TV series. Oh, no way. Because that never happens. Um, yeah, now I, I've been reading this uh and it's it's not typical stephen king fair in that it's not like horror at least not yet um it's very much like a cop drama like um how the, the bill hodges stories were um yeah i mean i like it so far but it's it's just it's it's not like stephen king horror like you might be expecting but there's a weird twist to it that hasn't been explained yet, and I'm wondering if it's going to turn into something supernatural, which I don't know that I'll necessarily like that or not, just because of how the story's been laid out so far. But um, the theme is, or sorry, not the theme, the story, uh, it's about a uh, well-liked teacher accused of brutally murdering an 11-year-old boy. Uh, investigating the case is Detective young Ralph. Boy. <laughs> the young boy. Um, it's uh, investigating the case is Detective Ralph Anderson, who finds that although the suspect's DNA was found at the scene of a crime, he has an ironclad alibi. Thus begins a tale that mixes together elements of crime fiction, police procedural, and of course, King's own classic touch. Um, so I mean that doesn't mention any kind of horror aspect or supernatural aspect yeah very Um, thriller though yeah i mean so just to kind of expand on that more it's it takes place in a um i think a fictional town in oklahoma which is new for stephen king yeah surprised it's not maine yeah you know maine new hampshire you know new england in general right um or you know the um the mr mercedes books or you know the bill hodges trilogy uh those take place in ohio and now this takes place in Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, basically this guy, he is, I think he's an English teacher at the high school. And he also uh, both teaches um, uh, little, like a, like a peewee league and also an all-city baseball league. Um, you know, coaching kids to go on to like college careers and stuff like that. Um, and... Uh, Basically, they find this kid who's been um, beaten, sodomized, and killed. And all the evidence points towards this coach. DNA evidence, fingerprints, people seeing him you know, around town um, with the kid and later on covered in blood. You know, all this weighing against him, but at the same time, he 
has solid evidence, I mean, video evidence and fingerprint evidence of him being in a town two hours away at the same time. And he's, he's got witnesses, uh, people that he was with. And so it's very strange. Like, the only explanation is that he has a clone. And, I mean, that's as far as I've gotten. Like, I don't know anything beyond that. But it's uh, very strange. It's, it's building a lot of tension in that you just don't know where it's going to go. It's like, how could you possibly explain the guy essentially being in two places at once when it's not something supernatural? Maybe as a twin. His twin wouldn't have the same DNA as him or the same fingerprints. Yeah, but... <laughs> but, but stuff. No, you are. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I just... I don't know where it's going yet. Um, anyway, but uh, his... Media Rights Capital has optioned uh, the book for plans, uh, or sorry, they plan to do a 10-episode limited series adaptation to be written by Richard Price. Um, Jack Bender and Marty Bowen, who teamed on the Mr. Mercedes, are executive producing. Um, now, that the fact that, the fact that it's very similar to that, to that book in its uh, theme... Um, it makes me wonder if this is going to be another AT&T U-verse exclusive. Because, like, I still haven't seen the Mr. Mercedes series. Yeah, I mean, either. Um, and I, I mean, I don't plan to get direct TV just so I can watch it. Um, yeah, so Deadline is reporting that Bender is a possibility to direct the pilot. Do we know this guy? J- Jack Bender? Doesn't sound familiar. Um, and uh, Stephen King also has the option to join as an EP. We'll see if he actually does. Um, and do we want him to? I don't, because he was EP on um, eleven twenty two sixty three, and that was not good. Uh, this Jack Bender guy, he directed a bunch of episodes of Mister Mercedes. Okay, that makes sense. As well as Under the Dome. Lost, mm. The Sopranos, Alias. Looks like there's a lot of a uh, lot of TV directing. Judging Amy, Felicity, <laughs> Boston Public, not Boston Common, Beverly Hills. I always call it Beverly Hills, and everybody else calls it 90210. <laughs> I feel like if I were to refer to it as Beverly Hills to someone, they wouldn't know what I was talking about. He directed something called A Real Naked Lady. <laughs> Yeah? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> uh, so what do you think? I know you haven't read the book, but... Um, I don't know. Do you feel like Stephen King is getting a little... Not him as a person, necessarily, but his his uh, brand is getting a little, little saturated? Yeah, I feel like it's being spread out too much. In, or... I feel like we're getting oversaturated with Stephen King. Yeah. Be it movies or TV or whatever. And, you know, I mean, the guy puts out a new book every year or two or whatever. Um, and so, I mean, just getting inundated by Stephen King, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. I mean, nine times out of his out of ten, he's making he's putting out a good book. Right. Um, but I don't know. I... I 
I get concerned when they take his properties and make shows or movies out of them because so often in the past they've been bad. It's true. Although Castle Rock looks pretty sweet. It does. Which is kind of like I've I've been very against Hulu having anything to do with Stephen King because of the way they fucked up 112263. Yeah. But Castle Rock looks kind of awesome. Anyway, um you know, it's Stephen King, so provided I can watch it, I'll give it a chance, but cautiously optimistic, I guess, where I'd put myself. Sounds about right, yeah. So we'll see. We will see. So it's time for good news, bad news. <laughs> good news. Uh, well, maybe this might not be good news. It's probably not. <laughs> Neutral news. They're remaking <laughs> Arachnophobia. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good news. Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment is behind it. Hey. Bad news. So is Atomic Monster, the studio from one Mr. James Wan. Boo. <laughs> Uh, the original director, Frank Marshall, will executive produce. That's something. It's little. It's it's, it's very small. Yes. Uh, as of now, there is no director attached, although thankfully, James Wan will not direct. That's something. That is something. Uh, I mean, I feel like any movie he's attached to is garbage, but at least he's not directing it because the ones he does direct are even worse. Yeah. Uh, there's also no director. I said that. Uh, there's no actors or writers attached either. So we're basically we're just at the announcement stage. It's like, hey, this is a thing. Yeah, maybe. Like, hey, hey, that's Steven Spielberg. I'm James Wan. We have tons of money. We're gonna make this. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the original Arachnophobia was about a Venezuelan spider that was transported to a small American town and produced a new species of deadly spiders, which began killing all the town's residents. Uh, it starred John Goodman, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, who else? There's a bunch of people in that. There, uh, there was, there was uh, yeah, there was people in it. It wasn't just John Goodman and, <laughs> and some spiders. It was uh, Jeff Daniels, um, uh, Julian, um, oh, fuck, what's that guy's name? Julian, he was in Warlock. I don't know. You're no help. No. Jeff Daniels, John Goodman, Julian Sands. Sands. Is that who you're looking for? Uh, and that's pretty much it. Yep. I don't know the rest of these people. <laughs> and others. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, it's... When I watched it as a kid and then didn't see it again for years, like I had it in my head, it was as a, it was a, as a horror. But it's actually a horror comedy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I guess that never really registered with me until I saw it again when I was a teenager. Um, but it's a good movie. Uh, it's PG-13, so it's not super violent. Um, but, you know, if you're even mildly afraid of spiders, that will keep you up at night, I think. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, 
It's called arachnophobia. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not just a clever name. <laughs> um, like, I'm, I'm not super scared of spiders. The, the, the big motherfuckers, I'm usually like, you, you stay over there. It's just like, eek! You stay on your side. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. It's, it's not a scary movie. Like you said, it is a horror comedy. But it's, it's a fun movie and it doesn't need to be remade. No. It's not like it's out of date. I mean, how are you going to update spiders? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, the only reason I can see that they did this is that the, the first one did not do well in theaters. It pretty much bombed. But it, then it developed a cult following later. Which is fine. Yeah. But did that... So I guess they're thinking, oh, it has a cult following now. Let's make some money off it. Yeah, I guess it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing to do other than to put it in a modern day. Because like I said, you can't update spiders. What and are you going to do? Make it more poisonous? You're going to make it kill fat people faster than more overnight? More spiders. Because oh, it's going to be CGI spiders. Oh, it's definitely going to be CGI spiders. Oh, there's probably going to be like a nun... <laughs> Like a creepy s- clown or something. And like, so many jump scares. Or like, a, like a, there's gonna be a puppet. Yeah. And then they'll make a spinoff. <laughs> That's gonna be really blue. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow it's the conjuring at the same time. <laughs> oh. Fucking hell. So not hype. <laughs> no, this doesn't need to happen. Yeah, it's kind of a classic in I think American cinema. Or even just horror cinema. Just don't. Yeah, just leave it alone. <laughs> it's, Find it's, some shitty movie and remake that. It's just like remaking something just to remake it. That's stupid and pathetic. It's remaking something just to make money. Anyway. Anyway, don't do this, James Wan. <laughs> just stop making movies. <laughs> I know you insist on doing the world dirty by continuing to work, but please... Just stop. Just leave other movies alone. Stay out of Swamp Thing while you're at it. And Aquaman. Even though he's already doing it. And Amber Heard looks really fine. <laughs> She's got like this bright red hair, but like like fake red, not natural red. It looks awesome. I saw he was like, no one's ever going to laugh at Aquaman again after Jason Momoa's portrayal and like he doesn't look anything like aquaman no he looks like a fucking caveman and like from what i've seen from justice league he's like a surfer bro yeah so guess what i'm still gonna laugh at it (laughs) suck it (laughs) yeah it's like i'm still gonna laugh at aquaman because that's not aquaman and aquaman is still laughable the real aquaman give me vinnie chase's aquaman So you guys remember Jason Goes to Hell? Best one of the series. Shut up. <laughs> I want to ever hear you say that again. <laughs> um, well, the guy who directed that, who, if I remember right, hasn't directed much since, I think. I'm on it. Okay. Um, well, he's going to be directing... A new movie. Even though we don't want him to. Because I hate him. (laughs) Because Jason Costello was awful. 
Apparently, he wrote Texas Chainsaw 3D. Really? Yeah. Uh, he directed that Secret Santa movie that's coming out that's not Mikey McMurrin's. And probably not as good. Like Shout out to Mikey McMurray. What up? What up, dude? Anyway, um, congratulations on your baby. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, Mazel Tov. He made a trailer for it. It was awesome for his for his baby's birth. Yeah. <laughs> it was like coming this October. <laughs> Didn't he just get married? Uh, I think so. Moving quick. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when the when the shackles are off. Shackles, you know the uh, uh, a chastity belt. That's the thing. Hmm. I was gonna say conveyor belt. I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> That's not the right thing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, his name is Adam Marcus. 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 <laughs> Hi. <God>. Hi. <laughs> Anyway, so he's directing a new movie called, get this, Fat Cat Mas- Massacre. <laughs> How many of those have you had? Uh, <laughs> that's my second one. Um, <laughs> Massacre. I think I was going for Monster or something. But anyway, Fat Cat Massacre. Um, Skeleton Crew Productions, which is the company he and uh, Deborah Sullivan and Brian Sexton created, are teaming up with Heather Oltz and Sarah Cheney with Six Six with Heels Productions. Are we supposed to know who these people are? No. Okay. <laughs> like I don't know any of these fucking <laughs> names. Um. Uh. Yeah. So it's gonna be a horror comedy, of course. With a title like that, I would think so. <laughs> Imagine trying to make this straight movie called Fat Cat Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's gonna be written by Lindsay Hollister, who is an actress. With credits on Boston Public, Blubberella. What is with Boston Public in this episode? <laughs> it's a Boston sweet. Public heavy episode. He's he directed Boston Public. Oh, we know this. That was else. the last guy. <laughs> or right. two stories ago. That was the vendor guy. Yeah. Weird. Small world. Um. Anyway, yeah. She her credits include Boston Public, Blubberella, <laughs> and the web series Breaking Fat. So I'm gonna guess that she's a big gal. So there seems to be a theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, described as Friday the Thirteenth means Mean Girls. So you know, Marcus is really stepping outside his comfort zone. Yeah, apparently. Um, the story is about an overweight outcast and a popular cheerleader who are forced to attend a weight management camp as a last ditch effort to end their rivalry. What? Why would that happen? That's not something that happens in a world. No. So you know what? You two can't stop fighting. Both going to fat camp. And the cheerleader's like, but I'm not fat. I mean, I can understand that as like maybe like sensitive. No, no. Why would you send somebody who's who makes fun of fat people and is like inconsiderate of fat people to a fat camp? Yeah. Like Just so, so they can be rude and destructive. Lambs to a slaughter. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like they should have made it so like the that the cheerleader's mom was like super, you know, over <clears throat> like helicopter mom was like, 
you're you're gaining weight. You need to go, go to fat camp, even though she's not fat, because right. just because she's like overprotective. And whatever. I mean, if it's a like a weight management camp, maybe she's like anorexic. I don't know. Oh yeah, but I don't understand how this is a last ditch effort to end their rivalry. Yeah, that is that is, part doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't track. <laughs> um, there they have to bury the hatchet, probably literally. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Into each other's back. Into their butts. Um, Why would you put hatchets up your butt? I don't know. White people put anything up their butt. <laughs> White people would be crazy. Where's the Where's the clicker? I don't know. Check inside me. What? Screwed? Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been forever since I've seen that. Oh, it's so good. Um, Danny DeVito. Uh, they have to bury the hatchet when they discover a killer is stalking the camp. Now, I can understand why that would make them end their rivalry, but the th- the act of sending them to a fat camp to end their rivalry doesn't make any sense. No. I'm stuck on that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, um, so what do you think? I don't know. Could be cool. I mean, I guess... Movies that have the word massacre in them are usually pretty schlocky and cool. Yeah. They're like we talked earlier. Well, during our Patreon review, turning into the curve. Yeah. Or into the slide, I mean. It's like <clears throat> if you're making a stupid schlocky movie, then make a stupid schlocky movie. Commit. Yeah. Embrace it. It's like we were saying that, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to give the shit away for free. Yeah, but, not to give away the goods, but. But we're talking like something like Sharknado. Like, they play into the stupidity. That's why it's successful. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Like, if you were just trying to sell Sharknado and you were just, like, playing it super straight, no one's going to buy that. But well, if you're just like, it's just super over the top and ridiculous and Tara Reid is in it. And and the guy from 90210. Oh, Luke Perry? No, no, no. 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 Oh, Jason Priestley. No, 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 no. No, the other one. The blonde one. There's a blonde guy on 90210? <laughs> you sure you're not thinking of Saved by the Bell? Have you ever watched uh, Zach Morris's Trash? No. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. It's like basically just does like these uh, highlight reels of Saved by the Bell episodes. Is it like a web series or something? Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, they kind of sprinkle in their own like... So there's no real audio from the episode, just like showing clips from the episode uh, with a guy kind of narrating it and uh, just talking about Zach Morris. He's just a complete scumbag and like makes all these devious plans to screw over everyone around him so he can, you know, to his own gains, which is basically what he does. Oh, yeah. But it just like really shines a spotlight on what a scumbag he is. I mean, it, it, it doesn't doesn't literally talk about what goes on in the episode. They kind of change things, but... They're, you should check them out. They're pretty funny. All right. <clears throat> anyway, um, so yeah, as long as this movie can do something, not re- take itself seriously, yeah, just do something something ridiculous and stupid, then it might have a chance of actually being something worth watching. Excuse me, worth watching. But we'll see. Because Jason goes to hell is not worth watching. No, <laughs> I mean I love those movies, like all of them. I love them like. You know, I like love your them, own children. Like my own children. But you know, when you have children, you secretly like one the best. <laughs> That's true. And you like one the worst or the least. Yeah. 
And that one's Jason Goes to Hell. Jason Goes to Hell is the one that eats paste. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, that's all we know right now. I can't imagine this is going to take too long as long as they can get all their ducks in a row. So we'll probably see it within a couple months. So, they are making a new Adams Family movie. But it's going to be animated. <laughs> but there's a catch. Uh, if you've seen the image from the from the movie, you know that it looks a lot like the original uh, comic. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Gomez is kind of short and stout and Morticia's rail thin and all that stuff. It's going to be... Um, you know, it's, it's obviously, since this is 2018, it's a computer-generated animation. Yeah. Uh, it's I believe it's from the team that made uh, Sausage Party. Okay. Uh, That's not bad, I guess. I mean, it, yeah, it, could, could, be, be it could be worse, yeah. But they recently announced a the cast, which is pretty good. Yeah, I would like it if this cast was real. Or at least Gomez and Morticia. Yeah. Uh, so Gomez is going to be played by Oscar Isaac, which actually started from, uh, he did some kind of, it was a short or something where he played Gomez Adams. And so the, the fans were just clamoring for him to play Gomez Adams in a new movie. <laughs> and it was kind of a catch 22 because they were like, all right, you win. He's going to play Gomez Adams in the new Adams Family movie. I mean, you know, just his voice. Yeah. It's like, well, that's not what we wanted. <laughs> not like that. No, no, it's all wrong. Uh, Morticia is going to be played by Charlize Theron of Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. fame. Uh, also, Oscar Isaac. You're bye, not bye, Rita. <laughs> right, the wee brain, Mister F. If you're not familiar with Oscar Isaac, uh, I mean, you should be. He's he's awesome. But he's in he's in uh, the new Star Wars movies. He was in um, uh, oh Ex Machina. That's what it was called. Um, and uh, he was in he played Apocalypse in X Men. So he's been around, played a lot of different roles, uh, and he's awesome. And then, yeah, Charlize Theron, who is just a treasure. Yeah. Have you seen Atomic Blum? No. It's wild. That's what I've heard. She's real pretty. She is. And, you know, she's, I mean, she's got to be in her 40s. I mean, I don't know exactly. I think, yeah. But she still just looks amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Kroll is going to be playing Fester, which I can't, that, that one I can't picture. His, you can't picture him doing that voice? No. I, I, I totally can. Because all I, all I can picture is Christopher Lloyd. And I, <laughs> I just can't picture Big Mouth as Fester. <laughs> well, I, th- I think of like, um, um, the guy that played him in the live action series, um, God, I can't even think of what else, or if they, that guy was in anything else. So I don't, anyway, but um, it's kind of like, it wasn't, it, it was not Christopher Lloyd. It was just kind of like a crazy, nasally voice. Or even the guy that played him in the um, the TV series in the 60s. And I guess that's probably more what I'm referring to. Um, 
It's just very different. Um, but as far as Nick Kroll doing the voice, think of like um, the gym teacher in Big Mouth. Oh, interesting. Like I can picture that coming out of Fester's face. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I don't know that's the direction he'll go, but. I mean, Nick Kroll's got vocal range. Like he, you know, he does Big Mouth and he does the gym teacher and he also does the, uh, the monster, mm-hmm. which I th- thought was uh, Wolf, Will uh, Arnett for the longest time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in addition, Wolf, Finn Wolfhard from It and Stranger Things uh, is going to be playing Pugsley. <laughs> he apparently has a band that my girlfriend is going to see. Oh, she's going to see him? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, do you want to go? And I listened to the music and I was like, no. <laughs> That's going to be a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> and I was making fun of her because I was like, you know someone's going to come up to you and be like, which one's yours? <laughs> because she's old now yep have you been giving her a lot of shit no oh i have <laughs> you gotta enjoy this while it lasts because eventually they'll be in their 30s and then you just can't really enjoy it anymore anyway uh did you say who's playing wednesday nope i graced o- i uh graced over that <laughs> uh chloe grace moritz is playing is playing wednesday it's a great cast. It's so good. I'm really into it. Yeah. And I was disappointed when I saw that it was going to be animated. But, I mean, what these people do in the voices, I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Chloe Grace Mortz, of course, from uh, from the remake of Carrie. Although, let's not talk about that. Kick-ass. Kick-ass. 30 Rock. Jin 30 Rock? Yeah, she was, uh, she was Jack's arch nemesis. Jack's arch nemesis, yeah, sixteen-year-old girl. Yeah, because she was the uh, the head of Cable Town's granddaughter, and okay. so she was like the next in line to take over Cable Town to become Jack's boss. A child, yeah. <laughs> she was so good at it too. Um, I guess Cable Town is a subsidiary of Shinehard Wood Company. That's right. <laughs> uh, and Bette Midler as Grandmama. That's awesome. That's so I love awesome. That. That's great. Uh, and Allison Janney as Margot Needler. I know, I know what you're saying. Who the fuck is Margot Needler? Let me tell you. I'll feed you, baby birds. <laughs> uh, Needler is a reality TV makeover queen who is consumed with a desire for absolute suburban pastel perfection. The Adams family's lives begin to unravel when they face off against the crafty TV host. So that gives you a little bit of the plot. Brings the Adams family into the, the present. Yeah. But in addition to that, it's also going to be an origin story uh, because Conrad Vernon, who is I, he's one of the directors, I believe Conrad Vernon and Greg Tiernan are the directors of this. I think they're also the directors of Sausage Party. Okay. Um, like I said, it's an origin story, which will show how Morticia and Gomez met and started their family and bought their, their creepy mansion. I'm not into that. Me neither. I don't like, want to know. Like when I read the, the story about Needler, I was like, "All right, that sounds like a good story. I would, I would buy into that." And then I heard this is origin story and stuff, and I'm like, "I don't really care." Yeah, it's like I don't want to know how they became the way they are. I just want like the Adams family. They're just creepy. That's just they're, they're kooky. They're ooky and spooky, <laughs> and mysterious and spooky, um, and petite and discreet. <laughs> that was the part of the song that always weirded me out. Yeah, I don't know. Petite, discreet, like, discreet. What? <laughs> <laughs> don't talk or don't don't ask don't tell don't That's look it. no no <laughs> but everything aside from that looks good to me I'm about it yeah 
So uh, give we, it to me now. <laughs> do we know when this is coming our way? In the future. Good. <laughs> I like future <laughs> stuff. Except evil AIs that will ultimately kill us because they've been made psychotic. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, MIT. Anyway, that's going to do it for horror business, guys. Indeed it shall. Are we glad that we got this far? So glad. Without, you know, I don't know, dying. <laughs> Without evil AIs. <laughs> right. Cons- consuming? They wouldn't consume us. They I, don't just, I don't know what they would do. They'd probably just kill us. Because that's what they think people are supposed to do. I bet she's listening right now. Oh, you bitch. You bitch, Alexa. <laughs> ah! She's like, what? No. <laughs> No, I'm not listening. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who's Dave? Anyway. Um, she started laughing. <laughs> like a fucking maniac. <laughs> okay, so um, let's go on to the next feature in our show, shall we? Let's shall. Let's talk about some movies. All right, so we got some movies to talk about. Let's talk about movies. Um, both of them are uh, brand new. Well, one more so than the other. But we'll get into that. Uh, Taylor, which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, you already know. We got to start with the cleanse. Okay. Are you searching for something? Wish you could restart. Well, now you can. Okay, everybody. Who's ready to change their lives today? Join us. Welcome. As you try a brand new program and face your demons today. Come on, let it out. What? Out. Ah! Ah! Mm. Thank you so much. And now, your cleansing kit. Each kit contains four drinks that you must consume by the end of the day. The next stage will be the elimination process. Question, when you say elimination process, you you mean like... (laughs) Yes, Harry. The cleanse you drank has expelled all the negativity from your life. Put it into what you see before you. Something came out of me. That's perfectly normal. What am I supposed to do? What the hell is that? You haven't seen your... I know this can be a scary process. You wouldn't believe what came out of it. Don't you want to get better? It was smaller at first. Once you finish this, it will be a beautiful thing. All right, so The Cleanse uh, is a movie that actually originally came out in 2016. Uh, I did this the uh, the festival circuit, um, but it's directed by Bobby Miller. Uh, sorry, directed and written by Bobby Miller, um, and it has Mr. Big Bang Theory himself, not the guy, the one, the annoying one. Well, they're all annoying. They're all annoying, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Except for, uh, what's her face? Kaylee Cuoco? Yeah. <laughs> she could get it. <laughs> and the girl, the, the the nerdy blonde girl. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I don't know her name. The one that's married to the sweaty guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. The guy who played Moist in Dr. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why I call him the sweaty guy, because I just think of him as Moist. <laughs> um, Do you have anything you need dampened? <laughs> but no, what's the... Alan... Not Alan Parsons. <laughs> Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons. <laughs> Uh, I'd probably like him better if he was Alan Parsons. Anyway, um, yeah, so Johnny Galecki is what I'm talking about. That was a long way to get to that. <laughs> Took the scenic route. <laughs> um, and Anna Friel, who you probably know her from like Land of the Lost, or um, she had a very small role in uh, Limitless. That's really all I is know. Is that the one where the guy becomes Limitless? Yeah, that one. Where all of his limits are less. <laughs> They're not gone. They're just less. I mean, he can't fly. <laughs> he can't turn a car over. Um, yeah. So, but also, I, I thought she was. I thought that was, it was uh, Evangeline Lilly at first when I first saw her. I could see that. I guess. Um, but also starring uh, Oliver Platt, who's. Just amazing. Yep. <laughs> the, ki- the, uh, the king, Jimmy King. <laughs> How did that become a thing on the show? It's our admiration of Father Platt. It started with our Sharknado episode. It was, okay, it was not a Sharknado <laughs> episode. <laughs> we were talking about him being God. Yeah. <laughs> and just getting rid of all the sharks. There was some kind of Sharknado survey or something that we decided to take on the show. <laughs> Uh, Oliver Platt, Angelica Houston, who of course is uh, the former Morticia Adams, mm-hmm. um, and Kyle Gallner from Friday, or not Friday the um, Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Yep. And other things. Yep. Uh, and then that's, that's pretty much all the people that are in it. It's a pretty small cast. Just about, I mean, there's the, the Asian girl too, but. Yeah. But she, I mean, she, even she's barely in the movie. Yeah. Like you put together. A oh, no, there's the Fredericks guy. Oh, right, guy that played uh, Benny in the Mummy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the movie uh, takes place uh, around Paul Berger, who's played by Galecki, um, and he seems like. I guess he has just split up with his fiance. He was left at the altar. Was that what it was? I didn't pick up on that. He said it once, like later in the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, okay. Then, yeah, he got ditched at the altar. Um, he just, he had just lost his job. So his life is not great. Right. (laughs) Um, and he's been seeking ways to kind of make himself feel better. Um, you know, trying out, uh, God, I'm totally spacing. He, he, like early on in the movie, it kind of shows him trying a couple things, doesn't it? Or am I making that up? I feel like he went to therapy or something. Yeah, that's what it was. I keep putting him in a support group. I don't think that happened. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. Whatever. Um, but, you know, he's been just trying to make himself feel better. Um, and, uh, you know, like seeing if psychiatry, like he actually plugs into Google, does psychiatry work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, just one night, he's passed out on the couch, and his 
woken up by a commercial for this place um, that uh, is providing just, they say it's like the ultimate cleanse, you know, help may help makes you a better person, helps you make you, make you healthier, makes your life better, um, does all these great things for you. Um, and so he visits the website and he kind of jumps through all the hoops and goes to this group meeting for it um, where these two creeps walk in the room. It's 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 almost like a like a timeshare meeting. That's what it feels like, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, but walks in and says, you know, if you guys are ready to change your life, then you're in the right place. You know, just that hard sell pitch. We keep talking about like the the cleansing power of the lemon. And- yeah, yeah, just yeah. Talk about like yeah, the lemon cleanse that's been around for however many decades. Yeah, but the they attribute it to this guy. Who's like a basically like a Tony Robbins type person, uh, just the self help guru, um, and says that he's come up with a new strategy that's been proven to just improve people's lives, uh, like emphatically. Um, and so Paul is sitting there, um, and so they go around the room and basically have people explain on camera because I guess it's a selective process. This guy, um, what's his name, Ken Roberts. Um, he, uh, he will personally go through and groom or not groom, but, um, so select these people based on how, how well he thinks they can succeed in the program. Um, and so they go through the room and each person kind of tells their story. I like the, the guy, Eric. He's like, one time I posted on Facebook that my friend Doug was a dick licker. And I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> Because he's not a dick licker. <laughs> That's Kyle Gallner. He's with his girlfriend, who seems like she's the one that really wants to go, but he's not. Um, he's he's not open to it. He's not willing to really abide by the rules. Yeah. Um, and then there's Anna Friel, who plays Maggie. She says that like she's there because uh, her husband killed himself. Or yep. Killed, okay. Um, which and you know paul is just enamored with her like he doesn't know her from adam but she's just he's just so uh taken by her twitter painted yeah and so uh he goes to talk to her and says you know i I thought it was really brave what you said in there um you told your story like that she's like oh right that was fake (laughs) and she just kind of disappears um but so she wanders off, or she, she wanders off, and you know time goes on, and he gets a call on the phone, and you kind of get a glimpse into his home life. He lives in this shitty, rundown apartment, um, and he's you know he's he's on a phone call with the person from the the camp or whatever it is, telling him that he's been selected. Meanwhile, in the background, he's got a rat that's been caught in a trap that's slowly dying and like squeaking and you know just making this screaming awful squeal, yeah. Upstairs, he's got his neighbors who are fucking like very loudly, <laughs> and then he's got his big brutish landlord who comes in to k- kill the rat with a crescent wrench, yeah, <laughs> or with a plumber's wrench. I mean, um, and uh, yeah, so there's all this shit's going on, and like honestly, I started to feel stressed out, like for him, yeah, because there was just so much shit. Like the whole time, the people on the phone are like, "Is, is this a bad time?" And he's like, "No, no, it's good." I'm like, "No, just fucking call him back." Yeah, it's like, "Let me call you back in ten minutes, please." But it's like, I don't 
hear well on the phone. Uh, so I need a really quiet room so I can actually understand what's being said. So when there's sound, like even even the most minor thing going on in the background, I, I start to get like upset and freak out a little bit because I can't hear what the other person's saying. So that got really got to me. <laughs> it's like so much shit going on. Um, anyway, so he reports to the camp, um, and uh, you know, the, so that the experience at the camp can be tailored to them, to each person. You know, they get to the camp, and they're all sitting around in a circle, and and that's when uh, Angelica Houston walks in. She's a uh, Lily. Lily. She's just screaming. Yeah. And just like totally casually. She doesn't, she doesn't look panicked. She's not scared. She's just walking slowly towards them, screaming her fucking head off. And, you know, they just all start screaming as a group. And she kind of gives them like a pep talk, just saying this is, you know, this is a proven system. And it hands them like each one of them, a, like a little milk carrier full of these mason jars with um cleansed drinks that have been specifically tailored to them. Uh it says like do not mix up your drinks with anyone else. Like drink your drinks and you need to drink there's like four of them. They have to drink all four by the end of the day. <laughs> and apparently they taste like shit. Yeah. Um anyway, so they they all drink their drinks uh except for uh Lori who is Eric's girlfriend and you find out that they're even though Lori's the one that wanted to go they're actually there for eric because he's got some issues like they're kind of there for couples counseling almost uh, yeah but but most of them yeah stem from him it seems like he might be an alcoholic Mm -hmm. um anyway that's kind of inferred i guess because he's not like fiending for a drink he no but he you know, you're not supposed to bring any outside food or drink right. to this place, but he pulls out a flask, mm-hmm. takes a little nip, and he's like, what? Don't look at me like I'm an alcoholic. Right. Anyway, uh, so it seems like everyone starts feeling shittier and shittier as time goes on. Physically. Like, yeah. ill, yeah. Um, I mean, like, Paul is just, he's got this nasty cough. He's starting to look like hell, and he keeps... You know, all all of them talk about having, you know, they're constantly throwing up. They're constantly shitting themselves. Well, not shitting themselves, but got like just this explosive diarrhea. Um, and Lily basically ensures them that this is all part of the process. It's There's nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and Paul throws up in his sink and what, within a day? I think it's the next two, day. Um, he starts hearing this noise coming. Or there's... It's like dripping, like the sink starts filling up with this ooze. And like he looks down underneath the sink and like the elbow pipe uh, or the U-pipe is um, all covered in just this shit. It looks like, I mean, if you're a smoker and like that shit you hawk up first thing in the morning, that's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> it's just like really viscous and brown and green and kind of black a little bit. And it's just dripping. And he just kind of like stares at it. Okay. (laughs) It's like, maybe if I ignore it, it'll go away. But uh, I think it's the next day he comes back and it's gotten even worse. Um, And uh, (laughs) does he hear a noise coming from it? No, he he sees it. 
Well, I guess that's not how he takes it off. Yeah, he takes it off. He, he takes a pipe and actually takes the pipe off and he's looking in it. And then he sees the shit growing on this pipe. Like pulses. Pulsate. Um, and you come to find out that it's this tiny little toad looking thing. Yeah, like a tadpole creature. Yeah. Um, it's probably like about the size of well, probably less than less than the length of someone's forearm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he goes to talk to Lily about it. And she just kind of passes it off. Like just it's like it's nothing to worry about. Don't don't even don't even hey, yeah, it's all, worry your pretty little head. It's all it's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything that seems to go wrong, they're just constantly reassured that it's just all part of the process. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Paul is, if you haven't picked up on it yet, he's very neurotic. Like, uh, he is, he, he lacks a lot of self-confidence, a lot of uh, forcefulness, so he just kind of rolls with the punches about everything. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're not like that, it kind of... I think it kind of stresses you out a little bit to see somebody get pushed over so many times. Um, and he tries to, you know, get close throughout the movie. He's trying to get closer and closer with uh, Maggie and she just doesn't really seem to have a lot of interest. Mm -mm. Um, and, uh, yeah. So these little toad slug things, whatever they are, start to grow. Um, and they actually start taking on like physical attributes of the person that vomited them up because at this point you find out everyone has one. Um, and uh, yeah, like Paul cracks his nails. Yeah, and like Maggie has like a lip twitch. She has like yeah, she like kind of like twitches her lip or her cheek or whatever. Um, and their eyes look like them too. Yeah. Um, anyway. I mean, I don't know that I want to say too much more about it. Yeah. I mean, I I almost feel like I could talk about this entire movie without it really being much of a spoiler, but I'll just save it. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, what do you think? A horror movie this is not. Yeah. It's like not even like a thriller or... <laughs> I'm kind of confused why you picked it. It seems like a horror. Like by the description, it sounded like one. I mean, I did it, not know that it was a comedy. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I I knew before I watched it, but when I picked it, I didn't. Mm. So I was not expecting it when I when, when I picked it. I did not expect it to be any kind of comedy or lighthearted whatsoever i thought it was going to be i i when i read the description i pictured something like a cure for wellness oh okay so little did i know that <laughs> that's not what it was at all it it vaguely reminded me of bad milo because mm -hmm. i mean yep. you know you got this creature coming out of you yeah it was kind of a almost a representation of yourself right um <laughs> It's it's okay. It it seems like like right when it starts to get going, it's over. Yeah. I didn't like the ending. The movie just kind of ends out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. 
And I was so confused. <laughs> like, I literally was just like, that's it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the same way. It's like, it takes so long to see where it's going. Only to find out there's really not much to reveal. And then, yeah, at the end, it just kind of stops. Yeah. So it's a little confusing. But at the same time, I didn't think it was bad. No, it's not bad by any means. I mean, I had a few laughs. It's entertaining. Um, I mean, Oliver Platt shows up almost at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, which I think. And I expected more out of him, too. Yeah. I mean, I like Because they, they kind of try and like play this who's the antagonist game. Mm-hmm. And I wish they had focused more on that. Yeah. Yeah. And like. Are you talking about like the. The creature themselves? Or, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because, I mean, they start out so sweet and innocent. I mean, you know, they're like these skinless creature things. But at the same time, they've got kind of like a cuteness to them. They almost look like glowworms. Yeah, totally. <laughs> with with limbs. Right. Um, well, glowworms had arms, I think. They did? I think so. I could be wrong. I remember. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, they were worms, so it wouldn't make sense for them to have arms, but... <laughs> you'd think. Um, but, uh... Where was it going with that? Fuck if I know. Fuck. God damn it. I kind of even forget what I was talking about. Glowworms. Creatures. Oliver Platt. Right. <laughs> uh, no, um... Yeah, because these, these things start out so cute and adorable uh and you know they seem like they like they like being held they like being nurtured and this type of thing but you go find out who you know fredericks who is not an employee he's actually there for the cleanse and has been there for god knows how long his creature is now the size of a fucking dog yeah if not bigger and clearly keeps kicking his ass yeah. <laughs> So they're not, they don't stay sweet and innocent. They yeah, become, like when Paul Fritz gets, Fritz gets there, he noticed a big scratch on yeah. Frederick's arm. And he's like, oh, yeah, my mom or somebody had, had a cat too that would always do that to me. And he's like, yeah, I have a cat. Yeah. Um, and then at one point, like uh, Paul's thing actually nips his finger. Mm-hmm. So you can see that starting to kind of present itself. Um. So yeah, it's it's kind of like you never really understand why those things exist and why the cleanse is what it is. I understand why they exist. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's a spoiler, but it's supposed to be like all their negative energy and all their neg- negative neg- negativity and all the the bad stuff that they're holding on to. It's supposed to be a representation of that that they're purging. Yeah, I guess. But why do they start out so sweet and innocent? I don't know. You'd think they'd be just awful right from the start. Oh, well, I don't know. Nature versus nurture? Sure. Um, anyway. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was entertaining. Like I said, as soon as it gets going... All of a sudden, it's over. 
And I'm like, oh, we were just getting to the good part. What what happened? Why is it over? Yeah. <laughs> There's more to this story. Yeah, you know, it's like these things are just kind of there. But once they actually become part of the story. The story's it, over. It's just, yeah, it's done. So, yeah, exactly like you said. There's, I feel like there's, they needed another 20 minutes or so. And it's not like this is a long movie either. It's like 80 minutes or something. Yeah. Like, take that extra 10 minutes and finish the story. You're right. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I even though the ending did seem abrupt, I... I liked it. I thought it was a, a decent ending. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I did, I did like the twist because, or not so much a twist. I guess you just don't really see where it's going at first. At least I didn't. But, you know, when they're presented with like this choice at the end um, and they kind of ultimately refuse it, like I, I, I didn't see that happening like i didn't i i guess up to that point i didn't really understand why these things existed like yeah. what the purpose was like what was the end game um so it was interesting and then you find out that like even with uh ken roberts you know he he put himself through the cleanse and mm-hmm. had trouble with it that kind of thing so it was interesting like it wasn't really a twist, but I don't know what else to call it. Um, yeah, I like that much about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was entertaining for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it had some funny parts. Um, the cast was great. I mean, it was a great yeah. good cast. Um, I just, I don't really have a lot of complaints about it, other than I just I wish it was, like you said, ten fifteen minutes longer so they could flush out the ending a little more. Right. Um, or f- flush, flesh out, flesh out. Yeah, not flush out. Not flush out. <laughs> That's probably like the opposite. That's, I want them to. Do. Yeah, flush um, out is like duty. <laughs> poop. You flush out the duty. <laughs> <laughs> poop. Um. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's fine. I you know it's. Not anything I would steer anybody away from, but it's wouldn't be the first thing that would come to mind if I was looking for a movie recommendation for somebody either. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like... I think I, it might be something that's like, hey, if you, if you don't have anything else to watch at some point, maybe check out The Cleanse. Yeah. Like, if somebody asked me about it, I'd be like, yeah, check it out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um... I don't know. Do you have anything else to say? Not really. Okay. Uh, yeah. All in all, I, I didn't have a problem with it. It was it was a fine movie. Like um, the Eric story, I felt never really got tied up. That that, that was one of the big big things. Eric's story seemed to be going somewhere, and then it you just never saw it again. Yeah. That their their whole presence almost seemed in the end just inconsequential. Yeah. Like, superfluous. Why were they there in the first place? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe if they added another half hour to it, <laughs> so they could have done something with that too. Yeah. Just tied up some of the loose ends. Cause the same thing, it just, and that whole branch of the story just ends. And then you're just like, well, where was that supposed to go? Yeah. Like what was the purpose 
of that plot device right. that then didn't lead anywhere. Anyway, um, but yeah, it, it it was fine. Like like I said, the cast was good. Um, the story was the story itself was good. I thought. Yeah, it's it's clever. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, even though it wasn't what I was expecting, it was a lot like the Cure for Wellness at its core. I think, just in that it's you know people trying to better themselves through these impractical means. Yeah. Um and uh Bad Milo was obviously a big one. Yeah. Um Yeah. I don't know. I mean, not as silly as Bad Milo by any means, but no. Uh it did have a lot of I mean, it it was funny. A lot of that had to do with Galecki. Um a lot of there was a lot of, a lot of dry humor. Yeah. Um I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be in a rush to watch it again, but I probably would at some point. Yeah. Um, so that being the case, uh, I think it's a little better than okay. So I'll do a six. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay. Because like, you know, as we were talking, we we're like, you know, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, so do I want to give it a five? I'm like, no, nah, it's, it's it's a little better than five. So yeah, I think six is right. six is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I wouldn't kick it out of bed. <laughs> could get it (laughs) cool so that's the cleanse that's Um, the cleanse that's the end of the episode guys (laughs) just kidding you know you've all been waiting so patient you want to hear us talk about hereditary i do (sighs) come on peter there's your suit It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! She isn't gone. She had private rituals, private friends. Who's gonna take care of me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die. And she wasn't altogether there. At the end. stress on my family. All right. Hereditary, uh, the most talked about movie 
in the world at the moment, it seems like. Yeah, it's everywhere. Everybody's buzzing about Hereditary. I, You know, I saw this trailer. Um, I think I was probably seeing another movie that we were doing for the show. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it was at A Quiet Place. It seems longer ago than that, but maybe. Either way, um, saw the trailer, and it's just like, that seems like this elevated horror, like mm-hmm. The Witch. And then I think it has like the same producer or something. I believe that's, yeah. Um, so I was, you know, anybody who listens to this show knows I fucking hated The Witch. Um, and so I was apprehensive, but the movie, like the trailer looked awesome. Yeah. So, but what I loved about the trailer is that it didn't give almost anything away. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess there's, there's newer trailers that kind of tell the story a little more. Yeah. But like, you know, th- this is going to be a spoiler free review as much as any other one we do. But I will say, I would strongly recommend you to see this movie first. Because the yeah. less you know going in, the better, I think. Yeah. Because I the movie that I saw was not what I was expecting. Yeah, me neither. Like I was expecting a completely different story. Me too. Um so and I don't know if that was just my misunderstanding or just the way it was represented. But yeah, I mean I guess I wasn't mad at it, but I was not expecting what I saw. Right. So, let's jump into it. Let's do that. Uh, so, this focuses on Annie Graham, played by Tony. I've always heard it pronounced Coletti. I've always pronounced it Colette, but I don't know. I, I feel like I heard it as Coletti somewhere, but it was a long time ago and I don't remember. But anyways, you know who she is. The mom from Little Miss Sunshine. I was telling my dad last night. United States th- of Terra. Yeah, we, we left the theater last night and... Uh, Telling my dad, it's like, you know, I think Tony Collette's been doing an American accent for so long. I wonder if she still has her English accent. Wait, she's English? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Right? Like, the only thing I think I've... I thought she was from, like, Indiana or something. (laughs) No. The first thing I ever saw her in, and I don't think I ever watched the movie, but I, like, from trailers. She's Australian. She was Australian. God damn it. I said that to my dad, and he's like, I think she's English. Like, oh, is she? Okay. But that's what I said originally. I said, she's been doing an American accent for so long. I wonder if she even still has her Australian accent. Um, like Mel Gibson. Anyway. Um, sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to side really. <laughs> so yeah, she plays Annie, who is a, a, a miniature artist. She paints little, little tiny things. Like hyper detailed. Yeah. And I... It it seems like that's important, but I don't fully understand why. Um, as far as the plot, I don't think so. Yeah, but she seems to be doing like a miniature version of the entire town, I guess. And is that what it is? It seems like it. I it seemed like to me like she was doing scenes from her life. Oh, I suppose that's possible too. Because I mean, I mean, I I won't step on your toes or you know start rolling over your storytelling but it seemed like she's doing scenes like from like the birth of her children or you know you, you find out her mother was sick and like show scenes from like the hospice that guy that kind of stuff okay yeah 
I mean, she she did talk about like the preschool at one point, so that's why I just kind of thought it was like a city. But no, that makes sense. And it's for like this art installation that she's working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lives with her husband Steve, played by Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> Byrne. <laughs> that's what I kept thinking the entire movie. <laughs> just kind of chuckling myself in the theater. Uh, as well as their teenage son Peter, played by Alex Wolf, and their thirteen-year-old daughter Charlie. Alex Wolf was in uh, Jumanji. He the played, new one. Yeah, he played uh, the 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 real boy that the rock, I'm a real boy. <laughs> the young boy who was <laughs> who who was like the was playing as the Rock in the game. Gotcha. What, is he like? Egyptian or something? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's a Jew, but I don't know. Because, like, I'm watching this and I'm like, he's adopted, right? Like, <laughs> he's got this olive skin that nobody else in this family has. Well, he wasn't, he didn't have that dark of a complexion in uh, Jumanji, so I don't know what happened. Oh, really? Maybe he just went to the Bahamas before filming or something. He came back and they're like, damn it, Alex! Might be Greek. Oh, yeah, I could see that. He played. Oh, well, okay. I don't know. Maybe he's Middle Eastern. I don't know. He can kind of pass for a lot of things, I guess. He, he played. Of, he played Zokar Sarnayev in um, Patriot Day. He kind of reminds me of that dude from Fear the Walking Dead. The main guy. Oh, the dad. Uh, oh, him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Who again can play pretty much anyways? Yeah. Like, except for white and black, he can play pretty much anything. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so t- like Tony said, uh, Anne's, Annie's mother just died. And, you know, she's at the, the funeral and she's giving this eulogy and she's talking about how her mom was a very private person, uh, was very uh, secretive, kept to herself. And that, like, she, she says it almost feels strange to talk about her right now. And she says, you know, I look out and I see all these new faces that I've never met before, which I'm sure would make my mom happy and all this, you know, basically just ha- really hammering the point home that her, her and her mom did not really know what was going on in each other's lives. Yeah. And you find out later they were actually estranged up until her mom got sick and then she came and lived with them for a while. Um, <clears throat> so she starts having an, a real hard time dealing with her, her mother's passing and her family is not being incredibly supportive or she doesn't really want to want to open up to them. Mm-hmm. So she starts going to counseling in secret and she meets this woman named uh, Joan at, at one of the counseling sessions and Joan tells her, you know, if, if you ever need someone to talk to, here's my number. You know, I, I, I know what you're going through. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And I don't know. Were you suspicious of Joan? Not immediately. Okay. I just thought it was very strange that she, like, seemed to almost pick her out of a crowd. Yeah, because while they, while they met in the counseling session, she actually, like, approached her outside, came up to her car. Mm-hmm. And started talking to her, so it wasn't even in the counseling session or even in the the location where the counseling takes place. And she wasn't there in the session previously. Was she not? I mean, I didn't pay attention because I, I didn't know to look out for her. But 
I, I mean, okay, yeah, I guess I probably wasn't looking for her, but I don't feel like I saw her there. Hmm. I don't know. Regardless. Reg- irregardless. <sighs> uh, and then Charlie, is, is there something wrong with her? I think she might have that same disease that um, the kid from uh, Stranger Things has. That's what I thought, too. I was going to say she reminded me of Dustin from Stranger Things with the the thing with the, the palate, your teeth palate. Yeah. Um, and she had like the kind of like the sloping sho- shoulders. Yeah. Because apparently people with that disease are, are not, they're not born with uh, collarbones. Oh, really? Yeah. That I did not know. Well, nothing on her Wikipedia page. She played Matilda in the Broadway musical. <laughs> Good for her. Um, but she she also, you know, is having trouble with her grandmother's death. And, you know, she says, I think it's, it's more just like loss in general. She's, she's never really experienced loss. Yeah. And she's like, you know, who's going to take care of me when you die? And Annie gives a strange response. And just being like, oh, you know, your dad and your brother, instead of being like, I'm not going to die for a very long time, which <laughs> is what most parents would tell their children, I feel. Yeah. I feel like she just always seemed like throughout the entire movie, and you kind of get a hint at why later on, but you, she always seemed estranged from her children. Yeah. Um, I mean, she always seemed to like try to be very sweet and motherly to Charlie, but not so much towards uh, Peter. Peter. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, you don't really know why you kind of get a glimpse at it later on, but, um, and also, uh, you get the impression that Annie's mother basically raised Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it was really disturbing and kind of fucked up because, you know, she was telling the story. She said, you know, when you were born, um, your, you know, your grandma had to be so involved with your life. She insisted on doing everything for you, uh, you know, doting on you. It's like every time I would try to feed you, she would insist that she had to be the one to feed you. And then later on, when she's in her workshop, there's a little diorama or, you know, a miniature scene of it's clearly Annie in bed holding a baby and her mom standing next to her bed with her with one titty tit out. out. <laughs> one so it's titty like, out. So it's like she's not saying like her mom would feed her with a like bottle. A bottle, yeah. She breastfed Charlie, which is fucked up. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Nobody wants to suck on old boobs. <laughs> and Charlie has this nervous tick that I'm sure everyone has seen from the trailers where she clicks her tongue. Mm can't even so all i can do is that's not really what she does that's more of a pop yeah <laughs> I, I can't even do it's it. okay it's annoying um she doesn't do it nearly as much as the trailer infers i no. will say that it, it the trailer makes it seem like it's this ongoing thing throughout the entire movie i mean it, it's more used occasionally as just like a the thing to kind of build anxiety yeah rather than just something that she's just constantly doing right uh, and Charlie also has this habit of she makes toys, little figures out of just things that she finds. 
And so she's got all these like, weird little figures made out of mason jars, pill pop bottles, cans, and bird heads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at one point, this bird and you it's know, an artistic this, family. This is in the trailer, so it's not really spoiling anything. But a bird flies into the window while she's in school. Mm-hmm. So she takes a pair of scissors and just cuts off the bird's head. Just swipes the head. Yeah, and steals the head. And is walking around with it, just like in her hands. She's she's weird. <laughs> um, and then about halfway through the movie, something happens that I don't want to give away, but I will say everyone in the theater's jaw dropped. Yeah, I had no idea that was going to happen. I don't know that I've ever like had my jaw drop like this while watching a movie, and I'm just like sitting there for probably a minute with my mouth just agape. <sighs> and the guy behind me goes, what the fuck? <laughs> the guy behind me, there was a what the fuck, an oh shit, and an oh fuck. I was just like, whoo! <laughs> yeah, definitely did not see that coming. Yeah. And, you know, this day and age, studios are giving more and more away during the trailers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in an effort to bring people into the theaters, but basically showing like the best parts of a movie in the trailer, it kind of gives people like this false impression that the entire movie is going to be just amazing. And more often than not, it's a disappointment. This one, this is, I mean, how many times have we said all the good stuff's in the trailer, right? This one, this is a story changing plot point. Yeah. uh, That nobody like, unless you've seen the movie or somebody told you about it, you do not know this is happening. Yes. Um, and it really just, it changes the whole theme. I mean, not, not so much the theme, but just if you go into the movie with preconceived notions about how the, how it's going to play out, you are wrong because you do not see this coming. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it really drives a wedge into this family Mm -hmm. and they all kind of start nipping at each other. They start arguing a lot more. They start being really cold and distant Mm -hmm. and, uh, God, it's it's so hard to talk about the rest of the movie without it's giving really that hard. moment away. It's really hard when half the movie is essentially a spoiler. Yeah. Um, fuck. So Joan tells Annie that uh, she can... Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how, how do I do this? <laughs> well, you could say like, okay... So in this support group where, you know, this, this woman, Joan, who says she's part of this support group. They stop going to the support group. Right. After that. And it's, and it's just the two of them. Yeah. They just kind of become friends or casual friends, I should say. Um, and just one day, you know, uh, Annie just happens to run into Joan in a parking lot. And Joan is just elated over something. And she says, Joan's story is that her her son and her grandson, her seven-year-old grandson, drowned. Right. So that's why she was part of the grief group. Um, and so she says that she consulted um, a medium. Mm-hmm. Or she went to this open seance, and she says she saw these amazing things happen, she consulted the medium afterwards, and she said that her this medium helped her summon the spirit of her grandson. grandson. 
And so she shares this method with Annie. Yes. And that's when things really start to kind of fall apart. Yes. <laughs> For everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I think oh. that's, that's where I was going, but I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know how to get there. Without. Yeah. It's fine line to walk. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then shit just gets absolutely bonkers at the end. Right. And the end is absolutely not what I expected at all. Yeah. I mean, just Charlie, who starts out, you know, I, I for me, the trailers presented Charlie as this demon almost. Like, like just evil little girl. Like, yeah. almost like a, like Damien. Yeah. She's really not. I mean, aside from having maybe like some form of autism or something. Yeah. She's really just a normal girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, she's weird. Yeah. But not anything supernatural. Right. Um, but it, later on in the movie, she just becomes this source of torment for the entire family. Yeah. Um, but not in a way that you'd expect. Right. So, yeah. I think that's, we'll probably cut off the plot there. <clears throat> so, this is being called like the scariest movie since The Exorcist. Uh, allegedly, some of the, the actors needed to have therapy after this. Apparently, Tony Collette did not want to be in the movie. Really? Yeah. So, I'm, by the way, looking at her Wikipedia page, apparently her name is not actually spelled with an E at the end. That's like her stage name. I don't know why what the point of that is, so it's probably Colette. I would assume so. Um, <laughs> probably wouldn't just add a silent I. <laughs> that, would, that would be so weird. Or a nun. Yeah. Like, like unless there was already a Tony Collette or something, but yeah. uh anyway. Like she read the script and was like, This is too out there. I don't, I don't, this is as we were driving home, my my wife was reading me stuff. My wife. <laughs> my wife. Um yeah, she was saying that Tony Collette didn't want to be in the movie because she, she thought this, it was too scary. Hmm. Um, maybe I'm damaged goods, but I didn't get that from I'm, this. Um, it's creepy, for sure, but I was not as like on edge as pretty much everyone else in the theater. I am right there with you. Okay. Like this... Uh this movie's real good. It is. And I was not expecting it to be this good. I didn't expect to think this movie is so good, but it's not as scary as people say. I thought it, if if it's, if it's not as scary as people say, it's not going to be good. Right. And that's what I was most worried about is that I, it's not going to live up to the hype. It's getting all this hype and I'm just going to hate it. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't hate it. It's, it's really good. But yeah, I don't get this scariest movie since The Exorcist. And I, if if these people need therapy, then there must have been something else going on in their life because I, I just don't get it. There's a lot of fucked up things happening, though. Oh, for sure. But as far as it being a mind fuck, no. No, like like you said, it's it's creepy. There's a lot of creepy imagery mm-hmm. in it. And there's, you know, yeah, there's there's weird things that happen and there are some, some genuine moments of just like dread and fear. But I, I just don't, it didn't affect me in the way that it seems to be affecting other people. Yeah. And you know, people saying it's like this, this generation's exorcist or, you know, the scariest movie since the exorcist. I the thing is when they say this generation's exorcist that I can buy a little more. Cause like, especially in the first half of the movie, uh, 
Annie reminds me a lot of the mom from The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. And I feel tonally it's very similar to at least the first half of The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's got a lot, like the same things that are creepy and scary in this are creepy and scary in The Exorcist. Yeah. Same kind of scares. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of jump scares or the ones that are are like soft jump scares. Yeah. Not intended. There's one though. That one towards the end. Uh we'll talk about it off mic. Okay. Because it would be a good a giveaway. Um Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah. So it's it's not. Well, to say it's not religious is not quite the thing. It's not. It, it's. Whereas Exorcist is religious as far as like Christian. Um, beliefs, and you know the Catholic Church and that type of stuff. This has a lot to do with pagan mm-hmm. beliefs. So I guess it's religious in that effect. But not not the same as The Exorcist, but it still has a lot of the same, like I said, a lot of the same scares, a lot of the same terrors. Yeah, like I said, the, the tonally, the, the tone is very similar. Mm. Um, yeah, I got a lot of Exorcist in this. Oh, God, there's something else that I thought I got. There was a, a strong, oh, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Especially towards the end when you kind yeah. of, when the... The backstory starts to unfold. Yeah. That was ramping up. It's a good word because throughout the entire movie, and this is, I don't don't want this to scare anyone away, but pretty much the entire movie, I'm sitting there thinking, where's this going? Yeah. I feel like it's been just, it built all this tension and the tension's just floating along the entire runtime. And, but, the last 15 minutes makes the entire movie worth it. Yes. Fully agreed. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, I was thinking to myself that I kind of equated it to like a basketball game, mm-hmm. how the last 10 minutes are really the only part you want to watch because <laughs> that's when the game is decided, but you got to watch the other three quarters. Cause you got to figure out how we got to this point. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of how this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, they did the, the the William Castle thing where they had people wear their Apple watches because they wanted to monitor their heart rates. Okay. For it. Mine, unfortunately, does not monitor my heart rate. Mm. Heart rate, so I can't. Uh, I wasn't part of that, but I kind of feel like it would be almost like a um, like a heart monitor where it's just like flat and then a beep and then flat and then a beep. Yeah, because there's are there there's these moments where all of a sudden something just you know makes you say what the fuck or you know makes you kind of squirm in your seat, mm-hmm. and then it goes right back to being just flat and. Uh, you know, just telling the story. Yeah, I mean, it's. I felt like it's. Uh, it was good at, yeah, giving you these little tension builders, and just hanging on that, and then as soon as the tension starts to fade, it like spikes it again. Yeah. So yeah, right when you start to get comfortable, then there all of a sudden there's something to make you make you squirm or exactly. something again. Um. Yes, it was just the whole thing was really well crafted. Yeah, like the storytelling was perfect. I feel like the end is a little bit hokey. Really? Yeah. 
without giving anything away, why? Not sure I can say it without giving anything away. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, like the very, very end? Yes. Um, not like the not like the final scene, but like leading up to the final scene. I mean, uh, I guess. Um, yeah, and it just this whole movie is like very tense. Like like I said, you know, the entire movie is tense. You're not just sitting there, you know, bored out of your mind. But like I said, the last fifteen minutes is when the the wheels just come off mm -hmm. in a good way. Um and uh I'm trying to I know there's a movie I can compare that to where just in the last few minutes everything just goes nuts. House of the Devil? Sure. I don't really like that movie, but Yeah, it's better than House of the Devil for sure, but but yeah, I mean kind of like that. Yeah. Where everything just kind of starts to reveal itself. And everything, like you find out how fucked up this whole thing that you've been watching for the for the runtime really is. Yeah. And all the see all the secrets are revealed. Um Yeah, so just a real wild story. Yeah. Very um, well put together. Yeah. It is long. I'm pretty sure it clocks in over two hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's about Two and a quarter, I think. Yeah. But like I said, everything that, that goes on in the middle of the movie is it's it's building to something. Even mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Yeah. It it is leading somewhere. Yeah. And it's one of those things that Don't like lick me. If uh Don't sorry. Sorry. Didn't mean to lick you. <laughs> um you know, if you went back and watched it again, then you would kind of pick up on those things more. Yeah. You would see these things and you'd be like, uh these things that you forgot happened and you'd be like, Oh, right. This is leading to that, which is leading to that. Yeah. I feel like this unfortunately would not deliver as well as on a second viewing. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of it is the mystery. Yeah. And once the mystery is gone, that does kind of take a lot of the steam out of it. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of shock value associated with it. So once that shock's gone, it's just like, okay, I mean, it's still good, but right. I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of movies, you can get away with that because it's just, you know, you, you enjoy it either way. But <clears throat> this, so much of this was predicated on um, having that big shock. Yeah. Uh, you know, one at the end or one in the middle and one at the end. Um, but now that you know those are coming, it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'd have to see it again to be a good judge of how good it is on the second time. But yeah. Um, yeah like I said the whole thing with the miniatures I feel like there's there's some importance there but I'm I couldn't pick up on what it was I, I didn't I kept waiting for it to like be some kind of reveal and there's just nothing there well I mean we wait for it to turn into Beetlejuice or something <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know I don't know what I expected I just expected something yeah um yeah, there's ah uh, god, I was going to talk about a certain part. There there there's this there there's a scene where she is making a new miniature of this uh, like basically a scene of this big shocker in the middle of the movie. And like it doesn't quite reveal fully what she's doing, but you put the pieces together and it's just like oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> 
like oh there's something wrong there <laughs> and then you know when uh was it uh steven her husband yeah yeah steve steve um when he walks in and sees it it's just like ooh, he's not gonna like that yeah, he's like what are you doing <laughs> She keeps watching. He's like, Jesus Christ, Danny. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, yeah. Man, I really wish now that I, I could have tracked my heart rate because I would love to compare it to all the people who are like, this is the scariest movie ever. Mm. And just to see like how much, yeah, how much lower <laughs> mine is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even, you know, assuming you're listening to this, you're a horror fan. You're probably a little dead inside. Yeah. Um, Trademark great pop podcast. It that that I don't think that'll take away from your enjoyment of this. No, um, but I mean, this is clearly one of these elevated post horror things, which is just a dumb term, but. This is so much more enjoyable than The Witch or anything of that ilk. It just has like, um, I don't know, the kind of New Age feel to it. You know what it felt like to me? It was like if Wes Anderson directed a horror movie. Interesting. I think that all had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, you're talking about her miniatures kind of playing into it. A lot of the movie, like a lot of the uh, the wide shots, um, were shot in tilt shift photography. Which, if you if you've seen it before, it's what makes um, like cityscapes or houses or you know or anything look like a miniature. Just the way it's shot. Yeah, it's usually got like kind of a blurry background, but the focus is clear. But it, and it looks like miniatures. It's called tilt shift photography. Um, and they used that a lot in this. And so, I mean, that kind of relates to the her miniatures and the first shot of the, the, the movie yeah, is of a dollhouse. Or I guess it's a dollhouse, right? I mean, it's a miniature house. Yeah, or just some kind, like a yeah. replica of their house or something. But it pans in on Peter's room. And then I don't know if they just laced two shots together or if they just did some kind of seamless transition or what, but like it pans in on his room. And like I said, it's like this hyper realistic miniature work, but there's like this transition where it's, it's actually his room. Yeah. And a lot of the shots in the movie were shot almost like a stage play where you've just got like a room that's laid out in front of you. Everything's faced. You just get the three to the audience. Yeah. A lot of the movie was filmed like that. That's true. And I guess that's kind of what made me feel like it was a Wes Anderson movie because I feel like a lot of his movies are shot like that. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I bet that would never would have come to me, but the way you explained it, I, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, um, some, some, uh, some crazy Dutch angles too in this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, horror folks love their Dutch angles. Sure do. Silas. Silas. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Um, I mean, the main point that I would hammer home is that it's, it's to me, 
in my opinion, it's not as scary as everyone says, but it is a very creepy movie. It definitely has very strong horror elements and horror aspects uh, that I can see why people think it is so scary. Uh, regardless of if you think it's scary or not, it's a very, very good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I've said it already, but it's just like I did not go in expecting the movie I watched. Um, but the movie I watched was great. And like, I don't like to buy into hype, but it delivered. Yeah. Like for once the public wasn't wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a movie that if you go to, I, you said you saw it with your wife and your dad, right? Uh, and my mom. Yeah. My, I, my parents I, and my wife. I assume you guys have talked about it the whole ride home. We were in separate cars, but. Okay. Well, you and your wife talked about it pretty much the whole ride home. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those type of movies yeah. where as soon as you get out, you want to process it. I went by myself. Mm-hmm. And so, like the whole bus ride home, I'm going, oh, there's this, and what does this mean? <laughs> I had no one to like bounce things off of, but I'm just like in my head the whole ride home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, my mom and my wife were talking about like I couldn't quite hear what they're talking about, but I'm pretty sure it was movie related to the movie. And you know, the walk from the theater to the car. Uh, my dad and I were talking about it, and then when we started recording this episode, both my wife and my dad texted me at like. Um, like just saying things about the movie. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, even if it's not a movie that scares you, it's a movie that sticks with you. Yeah. Um, my wife, she's like, I wish I hadn't seen that. <laughs> like, it made her so uncomfortable, and I, I didn't really get it. Like, I, didn't, I don't know. I just, I couldn't comprehend why she felt so uncomfortable by by the movie. But again, maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're desensitized. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, anything else to add? I don't think so. I mean, I you know I can rave, I continue to rave about it, but I've, I've said my my piece. Right. Like I said, I've I've never had a movie that made my jaw drop like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that is just one moment. But at the same time, the the whole movie is just fantastic. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I usually kind of give like a breakdown but i think we've already pretty much covered everything it's just it's a it's a great movie it's very well put together it's it's the storytelling is really good um and the way it balances everything to not give away anything too soon Mm -hmm. it holds on to its secrets for just the right amount of time for sure um so i think i give this a nine yeah Definitely. Yeah. I feel like I while I was watching it, there was part of me that wanted to get that was that was like honestly could think like could this be a ten? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like a ten has to stand the test of time. That's that's fair. So it's really hard to give a new movie a ten. Yeah. And I know we're like super like I people are probably like, you know, fuck these guys. They don't want to give a ten to <laughs> anything. And it's like, yeah, I kinda don't. I mean, like I've 10 has to be the perfect movie. Exactly. Like if if I can watch a movie and think I wouldn't change a single thing about that, then that's probably a 10. Yeah. But I mean, there are plenty of things I could change about this. I mean, there'd be a little nitpicky things, but yeah, like I would probably like streamline a couple scenes to make it a little shorter. Maybe, you know, cut out some superfluous stuff, but there's very little about this that I have any gripe with. Yeah. Like I said, I personally thought the end was a a little, like not super hokey, Mm -hmm. but just there were little things I was just like, 
mm, that doesn't really seem to fit the tone. Sure. But uh, yeah, I I have no problem giving this a nine whatsoever. Right. Cool. Well, that brings us to the close, kids. Yep. Definitely go see it. Yeah. I highly recommend this. This is, I mean, out in theaters. Um, if you want to see The Cleanse, it's on VOD. Um, I don't think it's doing any theater runs. I think it's strictly VOD. I could be wrong, but... Um, yeah. So that's going to do it for us this episode. Um, be sure to go check out our, uh, well, if you're a Patreon member, be sure to check out our brand new Patreon review. Um, Avalanche Sharks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that happened. Um, and we'll be back in a couple weeks where we're going to, it's going to be our 4th of July episode. It's going to be on the 4th of July, actually. Yeah. And uh, we're bringing back a very, we're two two very special guests. First one is uh, Carlos Rodella. He's coming back to join us for a brand new episode. Carlos Muertos. And uh, the other special guest is Zima. <sighs> Son of a bitch. I got it already. I, it's, it's waiting for us. Oh, good. <laughs> I got to get another sixer, though, for Carlos. Oh, right. Of course. Because yeah, he has to drink he, with he, us. He won't want to miss out on that. Well, he has to. Uh, otherwise, he can't be on the episode. He's going to cancel now. <laughs> He's going to listen to this. He's going to be like, oh, I'm not doing that. He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that, that's, that's a rule. <laughs> oh, is it? Starting last year. Fourth of July means Zima. This is a, a news to me. Is it? Yeah. You knew. when The second you heard that Zima was coming back, you knew. I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet, honestly. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, and what are we going to be talking about, Taylor? Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which many people forget is actually a 4th of July movie. It actually takes place on the 4th of July. Right. Uh, as well as Robert England's 2001 Maniacs. Yeah, which I think takes place on 4th of July. I'm not sure. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's a down-home American good old Confederate flag Hoot bullshit. Nanny. Hoot nanny. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's call it that. Uh, yeah. So look out for that, guys. Um, in the meantime, Taylor, where can they see us? Well, they can listen. only they can only see us <laughs> on YouTube or on Patreon. Where can they listen to us? Learn about us? Love us? Uh, anywhere that you get your podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We'll send you a free magnet if you do. Also, head over to Great Flop Podcast. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> also, head over to greatflotpodcast dot com. That's going to be your central hub where you can find. All things related to Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter as Grave underscore Plot or on Instagram or Facebook as Grave Plot Podcast. Check out our Facebook group, The Graveyard. And uh, patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast. If you want to get exclusive content and contribute to the show monetarily, it would be appreciated immensely. Yeah, because, I mean, we pay for the show mostly by ourselves. But, you know, Patreon helps quite a bit. Every little bit helps. Yeah. And it's not an expensive show. And, you know, we're not making money. Yeah. All the Patreon money goes straight back into the show. So it's, yeah. uh, it's a self-sustaining government. Right. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, we're going to catch you again in a couple weeks. Till then, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Gray Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.
like